Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season one, episode 19 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Miss Mystic Falls. So you already know what we're in for when you hear that title. Yeah, you can tell by that title it's going to be a good episode, but it wasn't a good episode for any of the reasons I was anticipating. What did you anticipate was going to be what you liked about it? I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a classic beauty pageant. This was kind of like a mix of beauty pageant and debutante ball. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was convinced that we were going to have a pageant where everyone was on stage. There was like a talent portion, an interview portion, and that Damon was going to be a judge of it. That is where I thought this episode was going. It was not the case, but we got so much other crazy stuff that I'm fine with it. Can I ask what you think Caroline and Elena would have done for the talent portion? Just for fun. Oh, that's a good question. Elena would have done a lyrical dance solo to yeah. like skinny love. Absolutely. And I think Caroline would have like done like baton twirling or like a very like classical singing. Yeah. I would think that Elena would do like baton twirling, but very regimented. Oh, like a gun twirling drill sergeant thing. Well, cadet more Kelly. like just, um, yeah, more <laughs> Cadet Kelly. If Caroline did baton twirling it would be like the one girl in Miss Congeniality that's what I'm envisioning Caroline in a little majorette look I imagine Caroline doing like an acoustic version of like a top 40 song that'd be cute like if I bet she would go up and do like love story and she would kill it yes but um I think lyrical dance is the right read on Elena for sure she absolutely is doing like contemporary (laughs) she's got her jazz shoes on there's a lot of crawling on the floor yeah a little bit of chair work she's like (laughs) I didn't prepare a dance but I'm just gonna wing it (laughs) which you can when you're tall and skinny. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's not the episode we ended up watching. It was still fun. You know, I like a little debutante ball moment. And it was very much like, you know, not the debutante ball level of Gossip Girl, obviously. But it did give us like an escort, a nice stately dance, which was a big joy that I wasn't expecting at all. Exactly. But I will read the... Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis of the episode we did watch at the Founders Day Gala. I don't know if it's a gala. Okay. Um, (laughs) Elena and Caroline compete for the title of Miss Mystic Falls against other girls from town, including Tina Fell and Amber Bradley. Elena is happy to have Bonnie back in town, but Bonnie still has issues to work through. John Gilbert attempts to intimidate Damon, but his plan doesn't have the desired effect. (laughs) Damon discovers that Stefan is hiding a dangerous secret that could impact everyone in town. That covers all the big hitters. That covers all the big hitters. I do love that it's like John tries to scare Damon. John really shot his load last episode. Yeah, he really came in with a bang and really creeped Damon out. And now at this point, he doesn't really have any cards to play. He has nowhere to go but down. Yeah, he came in at a 10 and now he's like trying to stay at a 10. It's not going to happen, John. You can't get best photo the first week on America's Next Top Model and expect to dominate the whole time through. Exactly. You got to keep the momentum going. Yeah. So we open the episode and Stefan is still in his rare party attitude. He is driving his little red convertible to school, listening to some top 40 song that was like number 20 on the top 40. I've never heard it. Yeah. He's got his Ray-Bans on his leather jacket. And now that is a heartthrob. Yeah, he's looking very much like 
Damon. And so, I mean, it was like, okay, well, he's drinking human blood. <laughs> yeah, so he's having blood. I mean, the way he's coming in with the, the swagger that we have not seen on him. I do think it's interesting just going on a little color theory. <laughs> okay, I would love to hear it. Of, you know, they both have their little cars. Stefan's is cherry red and Damon's is baby blue. And like, they're both older cars, but Stefan has a Porsche and Damon has a Mustang. And I think those are two very different vibes of cars. Sure. I just think that's something fun to think about and point out. I mean, I think it is fun to think about and point out. Because if you were to pick one at the beginning of the show and said like, which one has a red car, which one is a blue car? I would have said red for Damon. Absolutely. And so I think the blue car does hint at his little soft interior. I think that's reading a lot into it, but hey, that's what the show's for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what am I to do if not read into every choice that every set designer has ever made on the CW? You just want to see the good in Damon so bad. You're like, well, Stefan's got a red car, so pack it up. Here's the thing, though. I don't like the color blue. I do like the color red. So I just want to point that out. Like, if you had asked me which car I would have preferred, I would have said red. And you would have thought it was Damon. So you would have thought you were really going. So I just think it's kind of a little flip that in personality to car, because also Porsche versus Mustang, the Mustang is, is the working class sports car compared to a Porsche. Well, also an interesting thing that goes on, on with this, Stefan wasn't using it until now. Oh, so this is a new part of Stefan that's woken up. Yeah, he's feeling red. Damon's always driving his Mustang. Yeah. But Stefan keeps the Porsche in the garage. The engine wasn't working until recently. I mean, let's just go all in on this theory. Thanks, Matt, for <laughs> fixing that. Way to go, Matt. And so this is really Matt's fault. You almost killed Amber. <laughs> but Elena is seeing the signs she wants to see. And the sign she wants to see is that that is a hot guy and that's her boyfriend. So she is deeply into it. Yeah. And he's back at school. He's doing good. He's happy. He's here. Yeah, she's like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm doing great with the cravings. The worst of it is over. Don't you worry one bit, baby girl. And again, we've never heard a timeline on what it takes him to stop drinking human blood. But I think we can all assume it's more than like a week and a half. Yeah, it's more than <laughs> eight days. I don't think that's a crazy thought. Exactly. And she like buys that he's doing well. She's like, cool, that sounds great. And he's like, well, thanks for all your help. Anyway, going to school, I'll catch up. Mama, look behind you, okay? And he looks into his trunk and he takes out his backpack, which is why he was really going into his trunk. But we see a lot of empty blood bags in there. So that confirms the obvious that Stefan is drinking human blood and he's doing a lot of it. Yeah, drinking no shortage of it either. <laughs> exactly. Then we check over in at the Founders Hall where the sheriff is telling Damon that the hospital blood bank was broken into last night and that they almost didn't catch it because the inventory records were altered. And so they assume that whatever vampire happened to do it, who knows, used, I don't know, maybe something like compulsion to do it. And thank God John Gilbert gave them the clues so they could figure it out. Yeah, so they could ask the tech, like, when did you change these? And he was like, I don't remember. And they were like, okay, well... I know compulsion when I see it. We got all the information we needed from that. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to start giving the guards vervain. I feel like giving the guards of the blood bank vervain is probably the first thing they should have done. Like not maybe all of your high school age children, but who am I? Yeah, I feel like maybe it at least should have been in the first wave. Maybe they just assume that vampires don't drink from blood bags. 
Yeah, I was going to say maybe they just think that vampires only drain humans of blood, like animal attacks. That's the only thing they've ever looked for. But I guess now they're realizing why else would so much blood be missing from blood banks? It is funny because Stefan opened his trunk and you saw the blood bags. And I was like, Mystic Falls Hospital, that's pretty fucking dumb. Like, Because we know about this. And then we cut right over to them being like, hey, a bunch got stolen from the hospital. And I said, I fucking told you. It was dumb. He got caught right away. I mean, not him specifically, but. So they're like, oh my God, we have to do something about the vampires. And John's like, I've got a great idea. Me and Damon could work together. And the sheriff's like, I mean, that would be a big help. And Damon's like, anything to help this town, even if I have to work with you, John. John's laying it on a little thick, but it's smart of Damon to go along with it for the moment. Well, I think Damon can do this little like even I'll even work with you because he knows the sheriff hates John. So he can be like, okay, well, I'm doing this for you. And clearly John is trying to really stick to Damon to like intimidate him. Yeah, to intimidate him, get his goals through. But again, he's not getting better at it. He's getting worse. So this isn't working the way he really thinks it is. I think he thought like, oh, if I'm around all the time, it'll scare Damon. But unfortunately, him being around all the time only gave Damon opportunities to find the the cracks in the armor. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, look, the ring he's got is very nice. It's very helpful to him. But a ring can come off a finger relatively easy. He's kind of a Laying it on a little thick with Damon and Damon doesn't have a lot of patience for it as the episode goes on. One, like he has the ring, but now that Damon knows that's why he's like feeling so confident, like the idea of killing someone who's immortal and comes back to life is very different than killing someone who has a ring that makes them immortal. It's only one little wall to cross. Damon notably is in a, a weak, but still an alliance with Alaric, who is notably a human, and has reason to not like John. Alaric is more on Damon's side than John's. And John really had to mess it up yeah. with a guy who he thinks killed his wife to be a more worthy ally than John is. Alaric could have been a really good ally to John if he had been a little nicer and not rubbed it in his face so much about knowing his name from Isabel. Yeah, maybe don't rub the vampire wife in his face. I mean, Damon did it, but you did it too. And at least... Alaric has some reason to be on Damon's side. It just goes to show that sometimes you have to kill them with kindness. Ain't that the truth? And John has not learned that lesson. And I I don't think he will. Only time will tell. So then we go over to history class. Alaric comes in and he says that this week they're going to learn about Founders Day in celebration of Founders Day. And he said, you know, the local groups think it's more important than World War II. But what do I know? (laughs) And that's a king right there. He said, this Founder's Day shit is stupid. He's like, I know I moved here because of all the vampire stuff, but Founder's Day is not what I signed up for. He's like, I want to teach you guys about communism. You sorely need it. (laughs) You guys all need it. (laughs) And then Bonnie comes back in. She's finally back. I'm so excited. I missed her so much. It's been so long. Mm -hmm. She's got bangs. She's got bangs. She's banging. And she sits down and Elena smiles at her and Bonnie is like not happy to see Elena or Stefan. And to everyone except Elena, it's pretty obvious why. But we'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what Elena expected from this reappearance, honestly. But Mm -hmm. then at the Salvatore house, Anna rings the doorbell and Damon answers and he is not excited to see her. She says she's there on behalf of Pearl. 
And they're super, super sorry for all the drama. Oopsie Daisy with the tomb vampires. We were not on the side that wanted to kill your brother. They were just living in our house. And we feel bad about that. (laughs) Yeah. And Damon says like, oh, why didn't your mom apologize? And Anna says, well, she doesn't do apologies. In any case, Damon doesn't accept any apologies or lack thereof. I do love Pearl being like, oh, no, I feel bad, but I'm not apologizing to him. You go do it. Yeah. And Anna's like, can you like calm down? My mom was almost overthrown. And Damon's like, I really don't give a shit. First of all, it sounds like she was overthrown. I mean, all the vampires that weren't dead left. So yeah, not really an empire to oversee. She got to keep the house. Yeah, I guess. At least. And then Damon's like, and by the way, since you're here, you better be a little more sly next time you go to the hospital blood bank. And she's like, Yeah, I haven't been to the blood bank in like a month. So you got the wrong guy, guy. (laughs) And he's like, oh, it was like one of the other tomb vampires. And Anna's like, they literally all left town. It's just me and my mom and Harper. The only real ones. And that's who they should have been sticking with since day one. Yeah. I don't know why they ever teamed up with Frederick. He was never a teammate to them, but he's dead now. So now he's not a teammate to anybody. Exactly. So then we go back to school where everyone's leaving class. And Elena like catches up to Bonnie and she's like, Hey, Bonnie. And Bonnie is, again, not happy to see her. And Bonnie basically says that, like, she had a really hard time at Grams's funeral. And then when Elena told her that the tomb spell failed, she honestly didn't want to come back. So we find out that ahead of time, Elena called Bonnie to tell her that the tomb spell failed, like, before she got home, which I do think was the best move. But, of course, it's not ever going to be well-received. Well, yeah, Elena was like, well, I wanted to make sure you knew before you came back. And Bonnie's like, yeah, that's why it took me so long to come back. Yeah. And Bonnie's like, yeah, I understand, but I don't want to know that. Yeah, she's like, I wish I could just live in a world where this didn't happen and I didn't know about this and I didn't drag my grandma into it. But she hasn't quite gotten there yet, but she's like, yeah, that was just like really shitty. And Elena's like, okay, so friends, good to see you. And it's like, girly. Yeah. So Elena's like, well, we need to talk about this. And then Caroline comes up and Elena feels for the first time what it's like to be someone's second choice because Caroline comes up to Bonnie. She's like, oh my God, Bonnie, how are you? I know we talked every day, but I'm so excited you're back. And Elena's like, you guys talked every day? Yeah, by the look on Elena's face, she did not talk to Bonnie even once a week. Yeah, who's the backup friend now, bitch? Who's the (laughs) backup friend now? (laughs) Everything is starting to come up, Caroline, in this episode. So Caroline comes up to Bonnie saying, oh, I really need help picking my dress for Founders Court. And Elena's like, oh, Founders Court. I completely forgot. Girl, ain't nobody talking to you. (laughs) Doesn't sound like you forgot. But Caroline's like, yeah, they announced it today and um, we're both on it. And Elena (laughs) is obviously very emotional about this. And Caroline's like, are you going to (laughs) quit? Elena says, I can't. And Caroline's like, "Mm -hmm." Uh, I think you can. (laughs) And Bonnie's like, it was really important to her mom. And so Caroline's like, oh, fuck. And and Caroline's like, here we fucking go. (laughs) Girl, not this. (laughs) Back at the Salvatore house, Damon goes in to check on Stefan. Stefan seems in really high spirits. So Damon's like, oh, so obviously you're drinking human blood. I mean, I'm not an idiot. Yeah, you can tell from Stefan's face even. like. And Stefan's like, nah, man, I'm clean. I'm good. Like, whatever. You just hate to see it. But I'm powerful. I'm clean. I'm doing everything great. Yeah. And Damon's like, no, you are not. Yeah. Damon says, let's be serious for a second. 
And Stefan refuses to be serious for a second. He keeps denying it. And eventually Damon just says, you're lying. And then Stefan's like, believe what you want. You can go. And it's like, I mean, you are lying. He will believe what he wants. And as a matter of fact, he'll prove it really quickly. Yeah, it will take him maybe 10 more minutes. Mm -hmm. You do have to love that Stefan just doubled down and was like, how's Damon going to know? Yeah, he knew he wasn't getting away with it. And he just continued to lie because he's like, well, whatever. Let's keep this train moving. You can keep that from Elena, but not Damon. (laughs) Exactly. So then Elena calls Stefan and she's like, oh, my God, will you please be my escort? And of course, what else does Stefan have to do? He moved back to this town to date a high schooler. So he's like, yeah, I'd love to be your escort. (laughs) He's like, I don't know if you know this. I don't have a job. Yeah, he said, all I do is sit here. My schedule is a little busy right now because I am robbing the blood bank like three times a week now. And now I have to go out of the way because the blood bank closest to me got Vervain guards. And she gives us a little bit more background on her history with Miss Mystic. She says her mom was Miss Mystic in her day and she loved Founder's Day. And Stefan's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you want me to to do with that information? (laughs) So then they get off the phone. Stefan goes to the basement and opens his huge like fridge of blood and just kind of looks at it and damon's like hey liar (laughs) he comes in he says oh so he's a thief and a liar and stefan's like yeah so what i'm drinking human blood and it is just a comical amount of blood it is like an industrial size freezer and it's full of blood bags like how how did he he carry all that he brought a roller suitcase how did he even fit all of that in his car He has a tiny-ass car. He let it ride shotgun. He buckled it in. It is so much blood. It is hysterical. And Stefan's basically like, okay, sure. Yeah, you caught me. I'm drinking blood. Congratulations. I do have it under control, though, just in case you were wondering. Yeah, well, he's standing in front of all this blood. It's like, um, Stefan. And Damon is like, dude, you're not under control. You are going to ruin everything. This is not a good time for you to fly off the handle. And then Stefan hits back with, Oh, have my actions negatively impacted you? I can't imagine what that must feel like. And Damon's like, okay, fair enough. He said, I hear you, but it's bad. He's like, but right now, like the Founders Council is very, we have blood banks. That's, they're really on our backs. And my favorite part of this is because Stefan is like, it doesn't matter. It's everything's fine. Like I have it under control. Like it's not a big deal. But he's like, oh, but um, Elena doesn't need to know about this. It's like, yeah. okay, well- Yeah, Damon brings up Elena pretty quick because it's always a good sore spot to bring up for these boys. And he says, oh, since it's not such a big deal, I assume Elena knows. And Stefan's like, that's not really her business. He's like, no, but that doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, Stefan, you keep telling yourself that. Yeah, and Damon's like, I really can't be worried about you snapping right now. And Stefan's like, back off. So obviously everything's going really well and this isn't going to bite anyone in the ass. Truly the tables have turned. Welcome to the Salvatores. If it's not one, it's the other, baby. (laughs) I've never seen two well-adjusted Salvatores. (laughs) Not at the same time. Always one of them got to be emotionally wrecked. Next up, we get to see some of the interviews for Miss Mystic Falls. Love this little montage. Where they drop that it is the 150th anniversary, which is a cool time to be Miss Mystic. Yeah, because it seems like you would get to be like in all the pictures and all the stuff. It's a big year. We see our five competitors. We don't know all their names at first. We know one of them is Tina Fell. And we know one of them is Amber Bradley. We know another one is 
another fell. We don't know her first name. Fell cousins. And then Caroline and Elena. So this is what the overarching theme of each interview is. So Caroline basically like rattles off all the things she's done for Mystic Falls. It is an impressive list. Yeah, it's the MF Beautification Committee volunteers at the soup kitchen. She started a go green campaign at school. She does recycling. She did the police raffle. I mean, it's just like a laundry list of achievements. Yeah. And all like environmental and Mystic Falls focused, it seems. Very popular with this kind of panel. Exactly. And Elena is like, I know I haven't been that involved, but have you heard my mom died? Yeah, it, that's her whole thing. She's like, oh, yeah, I don't do as much community service. Um, my mom died. And it's it's a good point. It's fair. And she does a really good job selling it as best she can. Obviously, her heart's really not in it this whole time. Yeah. But she is selling it for her mom. And she does a really good job being like, Miss Mystic Falls represents all the values my mom instilled in me. Honor, pride for this town, community. It's just such an honor to be considered. Like, she does a really good job giving what she gives. Yeah, she has changed a lot in like the time since she applied for this and since her parents died that I think she, this just isn't really her thing anymore. Yeah. And then we have my vote for the winner of Miss Mystic (laughs) Falls and it's one of the fells. I don't think it's Tina Fell. I think it's the other fell. doesn't matter. She says, just because my DUI made my community service mandatory didn't mean I was any less committed. Queen. Which is- a great way to spin a DUI. That's a spin, baby girl. But she had an ugly dress on, so that's probably what knocked her down. Yeah, a bad dress, and she went a little heavy on the Jurgen's natural glow. Well. And those two together. That'll shoot a hole in your Miss Mystic Falls campaign every time. Yeah. Especially when you're standing up next to Caroline. I mean, she just gets it. Then we go over to the Salvatore house where John is paying Damon a visit. He says, hey, Damon, you haven't returned my calls. And Damon's like, well, most people would take that as a hint. <laughs> and John's basically like, well, how about we catch some vampires? And Damon's like, let's be real here. You obviously don't care about catching vampires. That's obviously not what you're here for. Yeah. Because Isabel is a vampire and you're talking a lot about Isabel. And John tells us that he and Isabel share a mutual interest. So then John says the original Jonathan Gilbert had an invention stolen by a vampire who was later burned in the church. Obviously, that vampire was not burned. They were in a tomb. We can assume that vampire was Pearl based on events of the later episode. And John wants to find this invention. Do you have any theories on what this invention is that both John and Isabel want? Well, so one thing I just thought it was funny, like the idea that like, what if it was, what if Frederick took the invention? (laughs) And he was like, I'm looking for someone named Frederick. And Damon was like, well, he is very much dead. Yeah, his body is in the ground. Or one of the ones that left. Obviously, we can assume (laughs) it's Pearl. What if he was like, I'm looking for an invention. He gave it to a vampire named Kyle. (laughs) Who the fuck (laughs) is that? Damon's like, I never met that. What if he was like, did you did you know a vampire named Noah? (laughs) (laughs) And to a vampire named Stefan? (laughs) No, my brother's name is Stefan. (laughs) (laughs) but nonetheless it's clear it's an invention that pearl took eventually we learn it's pearl so why do you think both john and isabel want this invention and what do you think it might be at first i thought that when he said there's an invention that one of the vampires stole from him i honestly thought it was the rings that and i assumed pearl had made the rings in her apothecary and jonathan gilbert just said he invented it 
And then she like had the secret to making these like bringing back to life rings. Sure. Because we still don't know the logistics of how those work. I mean, it's probably more likely that they're spelled, but I like to believe there's some sort of. But it could be an herb. Yeah. It could be something that you would sell at an apothecary. It's a fantasy show. I don't see why it couldn't be an herb. Yeah. I could be right. You don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it happens once in a while. But now that I'm thinking, you know, it's something Jonathan invented. And we know Jonathan invented this little compass. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what John and Isabel would both want. And sure. something like a compass to point out vampires. Why would Isabel want that? Sure. She has... She's a vampire now. She doesn't. The only time she was looking for a vampire is when she needed someone to turn her. Yeah. And she she got that. And she knew John at that point. You know, we also get this later that John has read like many more journals of Jonathan's. And there's not really details on what this is, but you can assume there's like a couple other things that he made. So I'm thinking it has to have something to do with like daylight rings or these back to life rings just because... Like, what else would they want that badly? Sure. Isabel would definitely want a daylight ring if she doesn't already have one. I'm sure she somehow found one. Because again, I think her and Catherine are thick as thieves. But I I really don't have a solid answer. I thought it was the bring back to life rings. But I don't think that Jonathan invented those. So that complicates that. Fair enough. John says, I want this invention. I assume it went to a certain vampire who John was close with. And you know all the vampires because you were around in 1864. So do you know a woman named Pearl? And Damon says, okay, you can go now. We're kind of done here. Yeah, he said, you just gave me the wrong piece of information, sir. He said, yeah, I don't know anything. And I was only entertaining this little blackmail scheme of yours because I thought you could help me find Catherine. But obviously, you don't know anything about Catherine. Because if you did, you would know that Catherine and Pearl were best friends. So, and... John, you can see on his face, is like, fuck. John's like, fuck. So he brings up all he has left, which he's like, well, I'll tell the council. Damon's like, great. I'll kill all of them. I'll cut your hand off. I'll take the ring and then I'll kill you too. So how about that? Yeah. And John's like, okay. Huh. Yeah. John, again, he had a lot of power he was wielding last episode. And Damon has just remembered that he's a vampire and he can kill John at any moment. That's hubris for you. John was feeling too good. He gave too much away. And that's exactly what happened. The reason he got caught in this like lie that made him no longer a threat was because he gave too much information away. Yeah. But this is also interesting because I'm convinced Isabel and Catherine are friends and John knows Isabel, but well, I guess he could know Catherine, but just Catherine didn't tell him about Pearl. Yeah, here's my question. Do you think he knows Catherine and Catherine didn't send him to Pearl? Do you think Catherine's protecting Pearl or do you think he doesn't know Catherine? Or he's never met Catherine. Maybe he's just heard of Catherine. I think there's a chance he's just heard of Catherine and never met her. But I also think there's a very good chance that Catherine just wouldn't have told him about Pearl or any of this because like... A bitch is in a tomb. Well, let's not forget what a Gilbert did to Pearl. And, you know, Catherine seems to be a bitch, but I think that she would be a bitch for her best friend as well. Sure. Ride or die. That's something that I think is very likely of that she was like, I'm not fucking telling him about Pearl. Like he can go hunt it down himself and like, we'll see if someone kills him. I don't care. I can't imagine like if everyone hates John this much, like there's not necessarily a good sign that other people really like him. Mm -hmm. Like Isabel used him to find a vampire to turn her. That doesn't mean she likes him. 
Yeah. Precisely. She might have just been like, oh, you have all these journals of firsthand accounts of vampires and you might know where to find one. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean they're friends. (laughs) Yeah. So then we go over to dance practice at the high school cafeteria. They're practicing their dance for the Miss Mystic Falls pageant, of course, coached by Miss Carol Lockwood, because who else does it like her? No one. And Elena and Stefan are joking around and not taking it seriously at all, which is annoying to me as an overachiever and Caroline Stan. Yeah. I was like, you don't even want this. And they're like touching. And Miss Lockwood says, no, there's no touching right now. This part is all about the simple intimacy of the near touch. Sounds like a whole lot of hooey until later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Elena's like, that doesn't exist. And then she's at the pageant event ball, whatever. And she's like, oh, I get it now. And Elena's like, oh, my God, you're in such a good mood, Stefan. Again, Mama. Think, when has he ever been in a good mood since you've known him? Never, right? In all this time you've known him, he has never been in this good of a mood. Except when he was drunk. But when he was drunk, he was angry. Yeah. And even when his best friend was in town, he wasn't in this good of a mood. Yeah. So I think she's, you know, it's kind of this willing suspension of disbelief thing of she's like, this is kind of weird, but maybe he's just like so excited to be past this hard cravings phase. Yeah, maybe he's really excited about Miss Mystic Falls. So then we cut to Caroline and Bonnie in the hallway and they're talking and Caroline's kind of talking strategy for the pageant. She said, the Fell Cousins are not competition. Amber Bradley is only in this pageant to prove it's not all founding family, which of course it is. <laughs> She's like, my only real competition is Elena because she has the sympathy vote since her parents died. And while this is an insensitive thing to say to Bonnie, and Caroline does apologize for it, Bonnie's such a good friend that she's like, no, I get it. You really want this. Yeah. It's so great. Caroline says that and she's like, I know that's horrible to say. And Bonnie's like, no, you just really want this. Like you're talking through it. It's okay. Because it is kind of trivial to Bonnie, but Bonnie also recognizes that it's really important to Caroline. So she puts her feelings aside and is there for her friend. Elena, you could take a note. Yeah. Well, especially because Caroline's like, I shouldn't even be like talking about this nonstop. Like you have so much more going on than me. And Bonnie's like, we both have things going on. Like nothing is more important. We can't quantify anything. These are two good, good friends. I love them both. Queens. And Caroline says that her grandma and her aunts were all Miss Mystic Falls. Her mom notably wasn't. Yeah, to kind of fill in the dots of this heritage while also not, you know, rewriting history. (laughs) Yeah. Lizzie Forbes does not seem like that person. Or as, yeah, Kelly Donovan called her Lizzie Forbes. Let's all just remember. And if that was her nickname from even a couple people in high school, That's not Miss Mystic Falls. That's not Miss Mystic, especially in like 1979. I mean, and again, no shade, but that's we're just in the town we're in. Yeah. And Caroline says she wants it and she deserves it. And she is absolutely right. She does deserve it. We saw the interviews. Yeah, it wasn't close. At this point, it would be foolish to give it to someone else, but we don't know who's going to win yet at this point in the episode. I still was not feeling. Yeah, you were not feeling confident. I was scared. I wanted Caroline to win, but I was not not convinced. Yeah, I've been burned before. Then Elena and Stefan run into Bonnie and it is immediately awkward because Bonnie doesn't want to look at Stefan. And Caroline's like, oh, hey, yeah, I asked Bonnie to fill in for Matt because he is working. And Elena's like, hey, Bonnie, can we talk? And Bonnie's like, well, we only have 30 minutes for rehearsal. And Elena's like, it'll just take a minute. Way to like cut into Caroline's rehearsal time because you're a bad friend, Elena. I'm like to not read the room, like. 
to see Bonnie walk in and like look at Stefan and look like actively stressed and a little scared and then be like oh can we talk and she's like oh I really would rather not essentially in the nicest way she can and Elena's like well let's go talk like Elena was in the tomb she saw what happened she was there when Grams died and I'm sorry like why would this be a shock to anyone? Yeah. Somehow it is to Elena, it seems. But yeah, Elena asks what's wrong. And if she would think for one second, she could figure it out. What's so funny is they leave Stefan and Caroline in there to go talk. And they just kind of look at each other. And they're kind of like, OK, <laughs> have we ever talked to each other one on one since you viciously dumped me in episode one? Yeah, <laughs> we, we've never really hung out. <laughs> and then Elena's like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? And Bonnie's like, honestly, it's just like, it is what it is. It's nothing. And Elena's like, you've barely spoken to me. You haven't looked at Stefan. And then she's like, wait a second. Is it Stefan? Duh. And Bonnie's like, look, I am having a really hard time because my grams died to stop that tomb from opening and it's open. So my grams died for nothing. Elena's like, well, what can I do? And Bonnie's like, that's just it. There's nothing you can do. I blame Stefan and Damon. And I don't want you to have to make a choice, but I'm having a hard time. And that's a good friend too. If she's like, you know, I'm really not happy with this, but I'm not going to make my friend break up with her boyfriend. Yeah. But this is something like I need to separate myself from this while I work through this rather than like being passive aggressive to Stefan all this time. Mm -hmm. Bonnie understands that, Elena loves Stefan and has a soft spot for Damon. I mean, we can all see it. And Bonnie's like, she's not going to tell her not to hang out with them, but you can't blame Bonnie for being like, I don't really want to be involved with this shit right now. Yeah, she's like, I can't be around you because I'm pissed. And there's probably a part of her that blames Elena a little bit for this too. Whether she has gotten there or not for, you know, bringing Stefan and Damon into their lives, but also like Stefan ran in because Elena just had to scream. Well, and- Honestly, Grams was fine with Damon going in. And Grams was like, Stefan knew exactly what was going to happen if he went in and he went in anyway. So like too bad, so sad. If Elena hadn't been there, Grams and Bonnie would have left. And also I think Stefan went in knowing that if he was in there, they'd open it yeah. for Damon. And so I think there's part of Bonnie that's like, it felt like they got taken advantage of when mm -hmm. they were just trying to help with something that they didn't need to help with. Mm -hmm. She didn't realize it at the time, but a decision was made to save Stefan and Damon over her grams. There's nothing she can do about it now. And she like accepts that, like, that's the way it shook out. She's the one who asked to open it up for them. I mean, Bonnie knows that she has some level of responsibility in this, too. So she's not like blaming Elena and Stefan and Damon totally. But unfortunately, it's something that she's still coming to terms with. When it's just hard to be around them. Even if she can talk herself down of like, well, it's not really their fault. Because Elena's having so much fun flirting with her boyfriend who killed her grandma. Yeah, it's just like an uncomfortable yeah. situation. And Elena seems really shocked by all this. Again, think for a second, Elena. You were there. Stefan overhears this. And he kind of is starting to get a little freaked out because he's realizing, you know, stuff's going on. And he walks outside to, you know, whatever, the quad, the common area. And there are boys playing basketball. And one of the boys trips. And he scrapes his knee and there's blood. And Stefan can barely take it. Whenever someone is bleeding, like, he cannot handle anything. And so drinking the human blood does not seem to be helping the cravings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago, you said, why doesn't he just drink some human blood and then he won't crave it as much? So how's that solution working? I thought that's how it worked when you eat. 
If you eat, then you're not hungry until a little bit later. Well, that's, I mean, binge eating. Mama, heard of it? Well, he's he's binge eating. Yeah. He's not doing healthy diet habits. Well, he can't control it. This is my point, is the relationship he has with blood is the relationship that some people have with alcohol, some people have with food. Just because he doesn't need to eat it doesn't mean he can stop, you know? It's a little bit harder than just like, just have some and the hunger will go away. I honestly assume that's how it worked because I was feeling it very much of like just eating. But people have eating disorders? Well, yeah, but I don't really think Stefan did. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, men can have eating disorders too. You know, men can. I didn't think Stefan did. You didn't think vampires could. Well, because even Damon, who has known Stefan in these other periods, has been like, no, you just need to learn how to control it. You've never learned how to control it. So I kind of assumed that Damon would know. Again, Damon is speaking to his experience as a vampire, not necessarily Stefan's. This is the problem with Stefan and Damon early on, and they're kind of getting past it as they go. They have in the past had a hard time separating their experiences from each other's experiences. They assume that their experience is the others, and that's not true. It's the same thing that Stefan did with Catherine, that he assumed if Catherine compelled him, she must have also compelled Damon. And so why couldn't Damon just get over Catherine? Well, now Damon's like, well, I can control my cravings for blood. Why can't Stefan do it? You know, you see? But we're also meant to understand that he can get past these cravings, but the cravings are like worse this time. I think he is going through it. He does not look well. Yeah, it's not good. So as he's freaking out, Alaric comes up to him and Stefan chokes Alaric a little bit. And Alaric's like, oh, what the hell? Alaric's like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> so then we go over to the Gilbert house as they are prepping to leave for the Miss Mystic Falls pageant. Alaric comes up to the door in a suit and it suddenly gets warm in the room because he looks incredibly hot. My AC cut out, I swear. <laughs> I tell you. Strangest thing. And he's there to drive them. He's the chauffeur, so he claims. And he's like, hey, Elena, What's up with Stefan? And Elena's like, oh, my God. Well, I'm glad you asked. See, he was on edge for a little bit, but he's a lot better now. And Alex's like, when did that stop? Like 30 minutes ago? <laughs> Alex's like, when did he get better? Yeah. Fifth period? <laughs> he's like, so something's up with Stefan. And Elena seems to not know. Okay. Ew. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but before they can really get into the nitty gritty of that conversation, John comes in. And he's like, oh, my God, Alaric. Hey, what are you doing here? And Alaric's like, I'm driving. And John's like, I thought I was driving. And Jenna comes down in her bodycon silvery one shoulder dress with her side ponytail. And she said, no, <laughs> you're not driving, John. You can take Jeremy. <laughs> so mean to Jeremy. <laughs> Yeah. Jeremy's like, whatever. I did love that they decided he wasn't going to drive them and they didn't tell him until right before. They were just like, this. And Alaric said, because <laughs> Alaric's happy to stick one to John whenever he can. Yeah, he's he's pleased with that as well. Everyone walks out of here with a smile except John, who doesn't have a smile or walk out at this point. Yeah. <laughs> then we finally make it to the Miss Mystic Falls pageant to the sweet, sweet sounds of a string cover of Yellow by Coldplay. Anna walks in wearing a kind of gothish look. I was going to say looking so cute, her little shrug. Her hair is done very well. This is an outfit I would wear, but it's also my colors. So yeah, black and brown. It was maroon. I'm not sure there was any maroon in that. I'm pretty sure the dress was maroon. <laughs> it was black. Anna comes in and she looks around. Damon comes up to her and she's like, you know, I was supposed to enter this event in 1864 before everything happened. And he's like, okay, um, so Jonathan Gilbert gave your mom an artifact. 
Yeah, he's like, let's get to the point here. And Anna is like, why would I help you with anything right now? You've been nothing but a thorn in my side. And basically, Damon's like, if you and your mom want to stay in town, John Gilbert needs to leave town. So you give me that invention. You can buy a welcome mat. And Anna, as it turns out, does want to stay in town. It really is a common enemy brings people together. And Damon's like, look, I don't really trust you guys, even though he could trust them. They weren't the reason that it all went to shit with Stefan, mm-hmm. but that's neither here nor there. But they're like, well, hey, we can work together if it means getting rid of this dude so we can go back to blood banks like civilized people. So then upstairs in the dressing room, Jenna is curling Elena's hair for her. Elena is kind of reminiscing on when she and her mom were working on the application. And she's like, we were so excited to do this. And so much has changed since then. Elena basically says that she'd be enjoying it more if her mom was there. To which I say it was Jenna fucking chopped liver. Yeah, Jenna's like, okay, you're welcome for doing your hair. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, but Jenna obviously understands where the comment is coming from. (laughs) Like, she doesn't have it against Elena the way we do. We see Caroline overhears this kind of emotional conversation. Looking this shot, she's in her little pink robe. Her hair is done. There is a single spotlight on her face. Okay, old Hollywood. Okay, Miss Monroe. Okay, Diamonds are a girl's best friend. I know she looks truly, truly flawless. That's my Miss Mystic Falls. Nothing but respect for my Miss Mystic. So then Uncle John catches up with Jeremy, who's his only ally in the Gilbert family, and it's a loose one at best, while we hear the sweet, sweet sounds of a string cover of Clocks by Coldplay. Does this band only know Coldplay? Yeah, this quartet only knows Coldplay, evidently. (laughs) Miss Lockwood is like, who booked them? She's like, I asked someone to book a string quartet, not a string quartet Coldplay cover band. They really should have finished the three and made the dance to a strict version of Viva La Vida. No, this, oh, the, Viva La Vida is good. I was going to say The Scientist. Oh, The Scientist would have been good, too. But that's a little too sad. I think Viva La Vida is better. Or um, what else does Coldplay do? I was going to say She Will Be Loved, but that's Moon <laughs> 5. So Jeremy is like, I cannot believe we have to come to Founders Day events for a whole month. And John's like, how dare you? It's part of being a Gilbert. It's like, Jesus, oh my God. Do you have any other defining qualities other than being a Gilbert? He is too obsessed with being on the Founders Council. And it's not even like appropriate because he's literally like betraying them by not telling them about all these vampires. And also we're meant to understand he's visiting Mystic Falls. So he doesn't even live there. So what does it matter if you're a founding family? If you're like, if you live in like Baltimore, he's like, well, actually in Mystic Falls, I'm a founding family. And they're like, okay. And they're like, I don't know what that means. That sounds white supremacist. Okay, did you finish your degree? <laughs> okay, you need to still give us a resume. Like, okay, yeah. I can you put ketchup in my bag? He works at him. <laughs> he works at McDonald's. Okay, um, you gave me the wrong size sprite. Yeah, I, I came up here because my taco doesn't have any meat on it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeremy's like hey, what was like Jonathan Gilbert like, our ancestor? And John's like, oh, he was a prolific writer, a crazy inventor. And Jeremy's like, well, I read his journal. And John's like, wow, that's so interesting. Most of his journals are locked away. And Jeremy's like, oh my God, did you read them? And John's like, yeah. And Jeremy's like, what'd you think about what he wrote? Because obviously it's a lot of vampires. He's trying to be like, with some more vampire stuff, but he doesn't ask that. He's throwing him like a little bite to see if he'll latch on. And John says, the crazy ramblings of a madman, of course. And Jeremy's like, well, can I read him? So basically, Jeremy is like begging John to be his ally. 
kind of. He's like asking yeah. John for information. And John's basically like, I ain't telling you shit. He's not giving him anything. And he also doesn't seem to even be picking up on the fact that that's what Jeremy's doing. Yeah. I guess because he's like, why would Jeremy know this? Exactly. Although he must know Elena knows it. So I think maybe he doesn't know if Jeremy is an ally to vampires yet. And that's something he figures out later because at this point, Jeremy's done with this conversation. So he looks at Anna and John's like, oh, who's that? And Jeremy's like, bye. <laughs> and Jeremy goes and talks to Anna. <laughs> Meanwhile, upstairs, Elena is about to put her dress on for Miss Mystic Falls. And she runs into Amber Bradley, who at this point, she's getting nervous. She's having a panic attack. She gets a little scene with Nina Dobrev. So that's one reason we know she's going to be a little bit bigger of a character the rest of this episode. The other reason is because for some reason, the Netflix description is like Spencer Locke appears in this episode. And if you look on IMDb, Spencer Locke plays Amber Bradley. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why they put it in the episode description because Spencer Locke is no one. That's so interesting. Let me go to Spencer Locke's IMDb and tell you what she's in. So here's the thing. Pre- her appearance on Vampire Diaries, she was on one episode of Without a Trace. She had a role in the movie Spanglish, where she played a character whose name was Sleepover Friend. So I'm going to guess she, that wasn't a big role. Yeah. She was in four episodes of Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide, playing a character named Bitsy. She must have been like a popular girl henchman, henchwoman yeah. with that she, name was in an untitled Cameron Mannheim pilot. So obviously that went nowhere. She was in five episodes of Phil of the Future. Her name was Candida Kegel. I'm going to guess she was from the future as well. Yeah. She was the voice of Jenny in Monster House, which I think was a main character, but we can't see her face. So what does that do? She was in one episode of That's So Raven. She played a character named Kayla. She was in Resident Evil Extinction. She played a character, I think, Named Kmart? <laughs> I don't know if it's a character or not. It just says Kmart. It could be. Well, she, she must have been in the video game. Maybe. Like, no, maybe I think it's it was... a movie. Oh, was it a movie? Oh. Yeah, because it says R and it says one hour, 34 minutes. So it's got to be a movie. It sounds like a movie. <laughs> Certainly doesn't sound like a video game. And she was on four episodes of Big Time Rush where she played Jennifer 2. And then she was on The Vampire Diaries. So that's what she did before The Vampire Diaries. So that earned her Spencer Locke makes an appearance. Not a single one of those. Maybe someone would be like, oh, that's kind of cool. She was on Big Time Rush. But like, no one would have known her name because being Jennifer 2 didn't really count. Yeah, for a second, I was like, oh, was she Kendall's girlfriend on Big Time Rush? No. Nope. That was another blonde girl with dark eyebrows. There were a lot of those that you started saying it. And I was like, oh, was she this person? And then it like wasn't. It never nope. was. And since then, she really hasn't done much. She was in another Resident Evil movie, still playing Kmart. She was in 10 episodes of Cougar Town. She was in The Bling Ring, but not the Sofia Coppola movie, the Lifetime movie version of The Bling Ring, which is actually kind of funny. She's been on CSI and CIS, a couple of those. She knows how to book the single episodes, baby. I mean, she's got single episodes of a lot of shows. And then she was also in Insidious, The Last Key. So that's kind of a bigger project. Uh, but then that's kind of her biggest thing. 
Yeah. So again, none of that justifies her having a cameo in a show. Well, like especially named cameo in the Netflix description. All this to say, who the fuck is this girl? But in the world of the episode, we know her as Amber Bradley and she's having a panic attack. And so she leaves the room. So Elena's like, okay, guess I'll put my dress on now. But who is behind her but our good friend Damon? And Damon's like, you know, normally I would be really happy about this. But right now I feel like I have to tell you because the timing is really bad. Stefan's drinking human blood again. And I think this was a good call to tell her because Damon knows that Stefan will listen to Elena and would stop drinking blood for Elena, but for no other reason. And clearly Damon is very stressed about it if he's going to these lengths. Mm -hmm. Damon is very worried about the council catching them and about John and everything. And he's like, I just need to nip this in the bud. And the quickest way to do that is to get Elena to know. Well, that's the thing. Damon has been drinking human blood, but he's always very aware of what the knowledge is on vampires and how to get away with it. And he seems to know that this is like a pattern when Stefan drinks human blood, but also like we're seeing this, that Stefan is not concerned with that. Elena at first like doesn't believe him because she's like, oh, he would tell me. And Damon's like, he has a fridge full of stolen blood. He has spent a lot of time fighting this and he doesn't know how to control it. So it's controlling him. He'll do anything and say anything to not stop. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, fuck. And she's like, that's why he's been in such a weirdly good mood. That's the thing that made me think about like this idea of learning to control it too, because Damon said like, you know, he has been fighting it for so long. He never learned how to control it, which implies to me that there is a way he could learn how to do it. Although based on what we're seeing, I think that's a longer process than he wants to do or is able to do right now on his own. (laughs) He may get some help. (laughs) I I think it makes sense. You know, we've seen very different vampire philosophies from Stefan and Damon, and we don't really know how exactly they were turned. We know Damon was more mentally prepared for it than Stefan or Damon at least wanted to be turned. So I think all those things coming together I can see why it would manifest itself in different ways between these brothers. Mm -hmm. You know, not to be unsympathetic to Elena. I understand her stress, but mama, you're dating a vampire. What did you think was going to happen? He was never going to drink blood. And she's like, no, that's just not him. And it's like, okay, Damon has known him for 180 years. You've known him for six months. Let's be generous. Not even. You can't say like that's not him because Mm -hmm. like you don't know him and you've also known him in like, according to Damon, a very solid period. And Elena kind of blames herself because she's the one who gave him her blood to help heal him when he was fighting Frederick, which let's face it, he needed it. So we can't dwell on that. Yeah, can't change that now, sweetie. But then Stefan walks in. He's like, oh, what are you guys talking about? Damon basically is like, yeah, well, I snitched and then leaves. So, I mean, at least he's honest. Stefan really tries to play it cool. He's like, what? Everything's fine. Like, what? Are you and Damon, like, worried about me now? He's like, it's okay. I'm just drinking human blood. Like, it doesn't matter. And it's like, okay, if it doesn't matter, why didn't you tell her? But okay. Yeah, he's like, okay, fine. Like, I'm drinking blood. I was going to tell you. And she's like, when? When are you going to tell me? And he's like, he's like, oh, you got me there. He's like, well, can you blame me for not telling you? You're kind of overreacting right now. And she's like, you're not acting like yourself. You're acting crazy. It's controlling you. And he's like, you know, I thought you believed in me. Gaslighting King. Yeah, human blood turned him into a gaslighter. 
<laughs> I know. He's like, well, I thought you believed in me. And she's like, what? She's like, oh, that is not what this is about. Yeah, this whole conversation is not making Stefan look good. And, you know, Stefan just keeps lying and giving these red flags. And, you know, say what will about Damon. Damon does tell the truth. Yeah. If you came up to him and said, did you kill this girl? He would be like, yes. I mean, this conversation is going nowhere fast for Stefan. And in case that wasn't bad enough, he doesn't get to finish it. Mrs. Lockwood comes in and she says, hey, no escorts up here. She said, hey, slut. She said, no escorts up here, you two skanks. And (laughs) hey, Elena, get your dress on, you ugly bitch. (laughs) And so Stefan leaves. He leaves pretty calmly. And then he gets into the bathroom and he starts freaking out and he punches a mirror. So that's seven years of bad luck. So when something bad happens to you on this show, Stefan, is because you broke this mirror. You think back. Well, and he spent so much time like trying to control stuff in front of Elena. As soon as he leaves Elena, he's like, yeah, which is a really good sign about how well adjusted he is. Yeah, really, really acting like someone who has it under control. And so Amber, having her panic attack, comes into the bathroom, sees the broken mirror, and she's like, oh, um, I'll go. And then Stefan has veins under his eyes. So actually she won't go. She's like, so this isn't going to go well. We cut away from them and we start the processional, which is all the girls walking down the stairs. And we start with Tina Fell and Bartholomew Whitmore. Tina Fell? <laughs> right? Like yeah. she fell down the stairs. That's what I thought when they said that, like Tina Fell. And I was like, she fell? And then I was like, oh. That's her name. Last name fell. And Bartholomew Whitmore. I like on the Vampire Diaries how much energy they put into naming characters because you really can't tell who's going to be a big character. You named someone Bartholomew Whitmore and he might not be a character that we pay attention to. And so they go down the stairs. Mrs. Lockwood is looking for Amber. Elena's looking for Stefan. And Elena and Caroline are both like looking over the railing. So Elena's wearing this really pretty like purple blue dress and Caroline's wearing this stunning green dress. And my question is, is there a color that Caroline looks bad in? And the answer is no. The bitch can pull off jewel tones like you wouldn't believe. I mean, and the two of them look incredible. Elena also looks stunning. But like this color on Caroline, I mean, amazing. It's everything. So they're looking down at the stairs. You know, Caroline's kind of lamenting that Matt couldn't be there. She says she has like a fill-in escort. Matt had to work at the grill today. And Caroline's like, oh, where's Stefan? And Elena's like, I honestly don't know. I'm all freaked out. Elena's like, you know what? I don't want to do this. I have to leave. I have to find Stefan. I'm not this person anymore. I shouldn't do this. And Caroline says, nope, you had your chance to drop out. And believe me, I was all for it because I can't beat you. But you're doing this for your mom, so you're going to do it. What a good fucking friend. She's like, no, like, you could have dropped out, and I wish you had, but you didn't. So now you're doing it. That's the thing about Caroline. She's always just, like, very open and honest with who she is. And so you have to trust what a good friend she is of, like, she's just so open of, like, look, this is hard for me to get to this point, but you have to do this for you and your mom. But also because you know Caroline doesn't want to win just because Elena dropped out. She wants to beat Elena. Yeah. Which we'll see. And so then Mrs. Lockwood calls Caroline. She is being escorted by Jeffrey Lockwood Hamilton. We know the name Lockwood. We don't know the name Hamilton. So we can assume it's like Tyler's cousin or something. You think Jeffrey Lockwood Hamilton is a werewolf? No. Just asking. The Hamilton family is uh, is not werewolves. They're mermaids. No. (laughs) The goblins. Oh my God, imagine. <laughs> we didn't see a, a shot of him. Imagine being a supernatural creature in like one of these shows and you have to like dramatically reveal yourself to your girlfriend. You're like, 
I'm a goblin. Imagine if I went for a boyfriend and I was like, I have to tell you something. I'm a goblin. Bitch, I know. <laughs> and I love that about you. <laughs> Don't say that about yourself. <laughs> like, no, I'm a literal goblin. He's like, what are your powers? And I'm like, foot fungus. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what a goblin's powers would be. Like, I'm really good at riddles. Trolls do riddles. Okay. I don't know what goblins do. They make soup of people in the forest. Oh. Maybe I got a really good cook. So then we cut over to Anna and Jeremy. She's mad at him because he was using her to get turned into a vampire so he could be with Vicky, which very true. An excellent observation from Anna. And then Jeremy says, well, it isn't any worse than you becoming friends with me. So you could give your mother my blood. And she's like, whoa, how do you know that? Where, where did you get that information? She said, that's an interesting point. But how did you know about it? She's like, what do you know? And he says, I know everything. And Anna's like, hey, you're going to miss Elena's introduction. He's like, I don't really care. I want to tell you all about how I read her journal. Yeah. And it's like, OK, well, maybe go support your sister after you stole her things. But go support your sister walking down the stairs. I get it. You're pissed, but come on. And Jeremy's like, I'm not telling Elena I read her journal, but I know everything. And Anna's like, well, what are you going to do? And he doesn't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know if he's going to talk to Elena about it. What he's obviously most mad about is the Vicky compulsion. And he says he's angry about it, but he's kind of glad that she took that pain away from him because he doesn't want to remember Vicky in her last moments that way. Anna says, oh, like a monster. And he was like, no, like someone who wants to hurt me because he wants to make it clear that he doesn't think Anna's a monster because he wants to smooch her. And I think he's, you know, still processing all the Vicky stuff because he still got this pain of her death later. And I think he wanted to know about all of this, of course, but he understands where Elena's coming from. So he's still trying to understand, like, how to approach all of this vampire stuff and that with Elena mm-hmm. before he even talks to her. And Anna takes this time to be like, I want you to know, like, originally when I met you, you were a part of my plan, but we spent a lot of time together and now I wouldn't hurt you. I just want to make sure you know that. And he said, message received, boss. I think they are such a cute little couple. And I think they're so supportive of each other and like able to talk about like hard things that they might have kept secret from others. Like, I know that Jeremy is still very much mourning Vicky and that relationship, but I think he and Anna are just a good little pair. And I... I'm curious, do they have a couple name? And if so, what is it? Jana? I don't really know. Oh, that does not bode well for Miss Anna. Well, I'm sure they do. Know they, I'm <laughs> sure they have a name. I just don't remember it. Because I'm worried about Miss Anna and Pearl before this season ends. I'll tell you. Why is that? Because they came in partway through the season? Partly that, but also because now John Gilbert is here. He has this idea of Pearl because she was with Jonathan Gilbert. I don't want you to worry about her dying or him dying because the reason I didn't know this couple name is I don't care about this couple that much. Oh. Well, I'm not worried about Jeremy dying. I think he's going to be around for a while, but Anna is a little... Uh, not to say Jeremy couldn't die. But I'm just saying you never know when someone who shows up mid-season is going to become like a long-standing character. Let's just say that. Yeah, I, there's just so many deaths on here and especially of vampires that it like it's a little hard to say. We'll see. I just am getting very attached to Anna and Pearl. Is the issue. I know. I know. I really like them. But then John Gilbert does what he does best, and he ruins the moment by eavesdropping and getting in everyone else's business. Well, he doesn't have any friends. What else is he going to do? Yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to talk to him, so he's got to just listen. He's like, I guess I'll eavesdrop. <laughs> so then we cut outside to where Stefan is dragging Amber along the line of cars. 
He is unwell. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look good. He basically compels her to chill out and stand in the parking lot with him. And he's like, sorry, you know, I'm, I'm a little on edge. I've been drinking a lot of the human stuff lately and everything is ruined because she knows now. And Amber is like, OK, you seem a little sad. Yeah, he's using this compulsion opportunity to really vent every single thing he's thinking about. Yeah. And Stefan says, I'm not sad. I'm freaking hungry. Makes me sad, too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> then we go back to the pageant where Elena is being introduced and they announce her escort as Stefan Salvatore, who we just saw. I mean, he's not there. Yep. But Elena starts walking down the stairs anyway. When well, I was like, oh, my God, Damon's going to be there. But then there was this other little dude there. And I was like, oh, are you kidding me? It's very confusing for a second. But then at the very last second, Damon hops in and they look at each other so longingly. And Delena stands. We are eating tonight. Mm, yummy. Big eating. Big, big eating. The shot of him at the bottom of the stairs, I mean, I'm not going to discuss the hold that it already has on me, but if I had seen this in ninth grade, I would have been hunting for the fanfics. I tell you what, Quizilla would have crashed. You wouldn't have even hunted that hard, honestly. <laughs> I would have written my own if I had to. <laughs> I don't have to tell you this because you can tell based on, you know, your knowledge of teen dramas in the show. This is one of the bigger Delena moments of the entire show. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, this is a big Delena moment. There's nothing like a boy staying at the bottom of a spiral staircase. Mm -hmm. I was I was not ready for it. I loved it. It was amazing. So he takes her hand and she's like, where's Stephanie? He's like, I don't know. We just have to get through this. And they walk through the crowd and Jenna and Alaric are like, Where's where is Stefan? Why is she with Damon? And then. They dance the waltz we saw earlier and talk about the simple intimacy of the near touch baby. Ooh, the sexual tension through the freaking roof. And you have to keep in mind that at the time, Nina Dobrev and Ian Somerhalder were not yet dating, but they were going to date on the horizon. You have to imagine that colored this scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was powerful. It was romantic. And they're playing some pretty goofy song. Nothing super recognizable. I will be looking this up on YouTube after a few too many red wines. A lot. I, I yeah. can tell you right now, that's going to be a staple. Let me tell you, if I go to my YouTube and I type in Delena, you'll see numbers. This is, and one of those numbers is 1x19. I won't tell you what the other numbers are. Yeah. The issue is I may have to make you send it to me because I don't want to look it up and accidentally see some. That's true. Well, they'll be suggested for you, by the way. Yeah, that's the issue. It's a dangerous, dangerous game. You're going to have to be careful. You're going to have to put your blinders on. But with every second, Delena stands at his Thanksgiving day. Okay, because it's a feast. We are feasting. Mm, yummy. Yum, yum. So then we cut over to another couple, Stefan and Amber. And speaking of feasting, Stefan is trying to decide if he should uh, eat all her blood. He's like really conflicted about it. He's like up against his car. He's like, I can't do this. I'm the good brother. Clearly, it's a defining characteristic for him. He's like, I don't hurt people. Yeah. And clearly, good brother is a uh, very relative. Yeah. And she's like, do you want to hurt me or anything? And he's like, I want to kill you. Does this whole creepy monologue. He's like, I want to drain you of your blood. I can see it pulsating under your skin. Your carotid artery right here, it takes practice. But if you puncture it just right, you don't waste a drop. That is a man who has killed many people. 
Mama, that's a serial killer. And she's like, okay, cool. Sounds good. He is like, you know what? If I just have one taste, I'll be good. And she's like, cool, 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 cool. And then he bites her. And we cut away for a while. So at that point, it's not looking good for Amber. Yeah, I think we can all do the the math on whether one taste will be good for him or not. I think seeing Stefan in this episode, we know exactly how one taste is going to go for him. Yeah. Not well. Then we get to like the crowning ceremony of Miss Mystic Balls. It's pretty anticlimactic, but Mayor Lockwood makes a little speech like thanks to all these lovely ladies for improving Mystic Falls. And this year's Miss Mystic Falls is Caroline Forbes. I was so excited. I mean, the right woman won. And you know what? Elena is happy for her. Obviously, I don't think Elena wanted to win because she knew that she didn't deserve it as much as Caroline. Yeah, I think Elena was very happy for Caroline and Caroline was really happy and Caroline was happy that she won even though Elena was up next to her. And Caroline was happy that Elena was happy for her. It was a very happy moment all around. Yeah, because their friendship has been a little strained lately and so it was nice to see them just kind of celebrate together. But then upstairs, John Gilbert and the sheriff are looking at the broken mirror and John Gilbert said, man, whoever broke that, they're getting seven years of bad luck. (laughs) No, he doesn't say that. (laughs) But they're thinking it. And the sheriff says, get me Damon Salvatore. (laughs) Me too, queen. (laughs) Get me Damon Salvatore. (laughs) Oh, no, there's a crack on my phone glass screen cover. Get me Damon Salvatore. (laughs) Then we go back and check in with Stefan and Amber. She is alive. So that's good news for her so far. He's like, oh, my God, I want to stop. But like, I can't stop. And then he's like, hey, why aren't you afraid of me? And she was like, "Mm, you told me not to be. And he doesn't even remember compelling her. So that's not a good sign. And he's like, okay, so this is really not going well. So what I'm going to need you to do is be afraid and run for your life. And she does do that. And she complies. Yeah. You know, there was no way this was going to end well, because even if she did get away, you didn't compel her to not know you're a vampire, Stefan. Yeah. So he clearly is not functioning well as like a killer of women. Yeah. He's focused on the very baseline necessities. He can't really think critically. He's not built for this at this moment. So then Damon goes up to Elena and he's like, hey, uh, so there were signs of a struggle in the bathroom and that girl Amber is missing. So we need to go look for Stefan. Bonnie happens to overhear this and follow them. Amber is running. She's almost back to the party, even though she missed the whole event and no one really seemed to blink an eye on the whole. Someone kind of asked, but I was like, where's Amber? Oh, well. Oh, well, show must go on. He was talking about panic attacks. And they said, that's what we get for getting a girl who's not from a founding family. Exactly. They said, it's all for the best. She's not competing. (laughs) Yeah. We weren't going to let her win anyway. They said, hey, we covered our bases and now we can't look mean by making her lose. Exactly. So Amber has almost made it back to the party. Then Stefan catches her and she was like, hey, you told me to run away. And he said, I changed my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Luckily for Amber, though, Elena, Damon and Bonnie all get there in time and they're like, hey, stop and he doesn't listen so damon pulls stefan off amber but then stefan throws damon against a tree yeah he has that human blood strength we've heard so much about and elena's doing her tried and true method of getting someone to do something by being like stefan like i love you so much this isn't you please and he's like i know then he like (laughs) growls at her and then bonnie does what no one else can do She casts some kind of spell. She looks very calm while she does it that basically incapacitates Stefan. Yeah, it makes it seem like it's kind of messing with his head in some way. Mm -hmm. So thanks, Bonnie. Love you, girl. I love you, queen. Stefan like kind of 
comes to, he kind of like gets out of his little blood haze and they're all like, Stephanie's like, okay. And then he runs away because he obviously doesn't want to deal with this. Yeah. He especially doesn't want to deal with Elena seeing this and experiencing Mm -hmm. this. So then we cut over to Amber in like a shock blanket talking to paramedics and the sheriff tells, you know, Damon and the girls like she doesn't remember anything. And the story that they've landed on that Damon relays to the sheriff is like, oh, my God, it's a good thing the girls found her when they did. She'd lost a lot of blood. Elena tells the sheriff that they found her and called Damon immediately. So when they leave, the sheriff asks if they saw a bite mark. And Damon's like, no, they didn't get close enough. There was too much blood. They didn't see anything. They don't know anything. The sheriff's like, great. This worked out perfectly. And Damon's like, yep. Like, yeah, we got really lucky. Sheriff, you can only get lucky so many times. Start thinking. Why is Damon always here when a vampire is around? She's like, wow, I'm a really good sheriff. She's like, wow, good thing Damon's (laughs) on my team. He's really good at knowing where the vampires are. Mama, he's got their phone number. Yeah. (laughs) He lives with him. Mama, it's his brother. (laughs) And it's still tense between Bonnie and Elena. And Elena is like kind of apologetic about it. But Bonnie's like, look, I'm not going to make you choose between me and them. But you have to let me make my choice. Yeah, she's like, I just need to go. I can't be around them. And I don't blame her for this because she already didn't want to be around Stefan. And then seeing that situation where she knows if she hadn't done whatever she did, there's a good chance like Stefan could have killed Amber and Elena. Exactly. And so I think especially after that, she's like, well, now I definitely can't be around Stefan. She's like, now I definitely need some more time to think about this. So Bonnie drops the mic and she gets in her Prius and she drives away. Silently. (laughs) Silently. (laughs) she's like i don't even have to get gas she said i'm gonna go straight home right now i don't need to get gas because my prius has great gas mileage even though i filled up last time like a month ago isn't that crazy yeah even though i haven't filled up since my grandma's funeral (laughs) so then we see jeremy and anna talking and jenna is getting ready to go and john goes up to jenna and he's like hey who's that girl and jenna's like oh whatever why do you care and john's like jeremy seems to like her i'm just trying to learn more information Jenna's like, whatever, that's Jeremy's friend, Anna. She's new to town with her mom, Pearl. And John's like, Pearl, you say? I think I've heard of her. And Jenna is like, oh, that's the woman you're trying to not sell your building to. And poor Jenna, she doesn't know what she just told him. Yeah, that gave him more information than he needed. Sorry to Miss Pearl, you are not getting that building now. (laughs) Say goodbye to your apothecary, Miss Mama. (laughs) Yeah. So then... Alaric is getting ready to get the caravan all packed up and he runs up to Elena and he's like, hey, what's up? And she looks upset and he's like, oh, my God, what happened? And there's like kind of a little ellipses in the air, but we cut away from them. But we know why later. Damon arrives home to the Salvatore house where Pearl and Anna are waiting for him. And he's like, I really don't want to talk to you guys right now. (laughs) He's like, this has been a really long night. Like, I don't have the energy for this. And Pearl tells him about this invention. She says that Jonathan Gilbert confided in her that he made an invention that helped to track down the town's vampire element, which was the pocket watch that we've seen in previous episodes. And Pearl's like, I meant to steal that, but I didn't steal that. And I realized that when he pointed it at me and then captured me. So that was a big fail on my part. That was an epic fail. I really fucked that one up. She's like, (laughs) but here's what I did steal. I don't know what it is, but you can have it. Must have still been important. (laughs) I know. And she's basically like, I'm going to give this to you because I know you don't trust us, but 
we want to be in this town and I want to show you that like we're here with you and we're willing to work with you, you know? Mm -hmm. She basically gives it to him as an apology. And I think it's a good move for them and it helps Damon. I think it's all good. I mean, they should be working together. I get why Damon didn't want to work with them when they were all the tomb vampires. But if it's those two and Harper, it can't hurt to have them on your side. And especially like Pearl and Anna on your side. That's a good team. Mm -hmm. Harper hasn't really proven he's worth much of anything yet. But those two, definitely good. At least Harper is loyal. So then Stefan gets home to the Salvatore house. He takes off his dress shirt and he's wearing just a tank top and his muscles are out. Once again, it's really warm in here. (laughs) He looks great, except for the fact that he is truly unraveling at every moment. Yeah, he is big losing it. (laughs) And Elena shows up and he's like, okay, you should not be here. And I agree with him there. (laughs) And they have this long argument and we could go through it beat by beat. But the heart of it is they go back and forth that he's like, this is who I am. And she's like, no, this isn't you. He's like, no, that literally was me. And she's like, no, but this isn't you. And he's like, no, it literally was. And he's clearly losing it. I mean, he is just running around screaming, flailing. So it's back and forth. And it ends with he like pushes her up against the yeah. this thing. She's like, I'm not going to give up on you. And then he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they hug. And she's like, you're going to be OK. And then very much like George and Lenny and Of Mice and Men. <laughs> Elena gets her little vervain syringe and stabs Stefan. And he kind of faints. Damon comes in with his suit still on, but his tie off. Ooh, mama like. Hello, again, warm. Yeah, it's a hot episode. It must be yeah. middle of summer, baby. <laughs> he comes in and he's like, you sure you want to do this? And she's like, yeah. Talk about the tables turning. Yeah. Vervain and the brother and straight to the basement. Exactly. So they bring... Stefan into the basement. They lock him in a cell. And Damon's like, you know, there's no guarantee this will work. And Elena says, well, it has to. So jot that down. It is detox AF down there. And Damon goes to leave. And he's like, oh, are you going to come? And Elena says, no, I think I'm going to stay here. So she sits down. And Damon sits with her. And that's where we end the episode with just a little hint of Delena. They're sitting in a little hallway, like a little heart shape even. And even though she's staying there for Stefan, uh, Delena stands we eaten tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm, yummy. Very cute. Well, you know, they both care about Stefan. That's a good place to bond. Do you think Stefan's going to learn how to control his taste for human blood? Or do you think he's going to detox and not drink it again? What do you think his next move is at this point? I think at this point, putting him in the dungeon makes this detox and not drinking it again much more likely. Because I think he is at a point where he has to drink human blood if he's drinking any blood. And at least if he's down in the dungeon, they can just keep giving him an animal blood until he's used to it again. Because he clearly is not able to control it anymore. Mm -hmm. And he needs some outside forces Mm -hmm. and a big old door. Here's my other question. So this is our first big Delena episode in a while. I mean, we've had Delena moments sprinkled, but this is a bigger one. Did it change your over-under on Delena? And- if it did or didn't, when do you think we're going to get our first Elena kiss? It hasn't changed my over-under. I think it's still going to take a while. If anything, this Stefan storyline, maybe it'll take a little longer because there's this guilt of caring for Stefan. Yeah, nothing takes the sexiness out of a room like rehab. 
the timeline hasn't really changed. I think previously I said them getting together in season four, maybe a kiss end of season two. I still think that's relatively correct. I think it could be longer on the kiss, potentially. If you had to give an episode number for your first Delana kiss, assuming that each season is 22 episodes long. I'm thinking like season finale of season two. So 222. At the earliest. I think it could be longer, but I'm thinking end of season two, I think is really the sweet spot for a first kiss of any major TV couple. Yeah. That's a belief I strongly hold. As we know on every show, the first kiss, it's usually a long break from the first kiss to any kind of forward movement. Which is how it should be on TV shows, in my own opinion. I trust Julie Platt quite a bit to to work with me on that. Yeah. Julie Platt, it's a team sport we're doing here. (laughs) Yeah. She knows it. The Vampire Diaries is a team sport. Yeah. And Delena's a team sport. And I'm saying as your co-captain to cut Matt and Caroline. We'll cut Matt. Keep Caroline, get get Matt out of her storylines. So take that under advisement. Yeah. Exciting Delena episode. And, you know, a waltz and a walking down a spiral staircase can be just as powerful and as personal as a kiss. Yeah. When put in the right mind. I knew we were getting this. Listeners, you should know that this is one of the Delena episodes of all time. There's a lot of great Delena moments over the course of the show, but this is one of the Delena episodes. Next episode is a big 1864 episode again, by the way. I think I can tell you because it's in, I think, the Netflix synopsis. We're going to see the boys get turned next episode. I was going to say, I assume that's kind of where we're at in 1864. And I figured they'd get there before the end of season one. Yeah, we're kind of wrapping up the timeline of 1864 that we have to worry about. So we're going to see the boys get turned. That makes sense with the Stefan storyline that we're going to see him get turned and like how he's dealing with the human blood then. Mm -hmm. I assume. Yeah, I think that's an astute observation. So it's going to be a great last few episodes of the season. It's been a great season so far. I'm excited to see how they wrap it all up. Who lives, who dies, who tells Stefan's story. But that's the end of this week's episode. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcast and tell your friends who like the Vampire Diaries or who you might think would like the Vampire Diaries to listen in. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast to stay connected through the week and see some fun memes and jokes along the way. But that's it for this week. So for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.